Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brendan Nescott with you for another hour tonight on Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer in transit back from Penticton. The Oilers wrapping up the Young Stars Classic with a 1-1-1 and one record. They knocked off the Jets rookies on Friday night. 3-1 there, lost in overtime to Calgary's rookies on uh, what Sunday. Yeah, yesterday. And then just this afternoon, Carl Berglund, Carter Savoy scoring, but they could not get past Vancouver. It was a 5-2 regulation defeat for them. Uh, Mike Babcock, no longer a member of the Columbus Blue Jackets organization. The season hasn't even started, but the investigation into his conduct has concluded, and he is no longer a member of that franchise. Pascal Vincent, who has spent the last 10 years with the Winnipeg Jets organization, both as an assistant, or pardon me, he has 10 years worth of an experience, not only as an assistant coach, but also as the head coach coach of the Manitoba Moose for a period of time. So uh, certainly no stranger to behind a bench. Oilers now brought to you as always by World of Spas. Aching after a long day, World of Spas offering tubs designed with your relief in mind. Rest, recover, relax with World of Spas, Alberta's number one swim spa dealer. Visit worldofspas.com. Little Monday night football going on. Double header. I got the Saints and the Panthers playing right here to my right on my phone. A couple minutes away from kickoff in the Brown-Steelers matchup. Maybe you've got your feet up in the old recliner. you got Oilers now on. If so, appreciate it because we've got uh, another great exclusive conversation for you here, Bob. Busy as ever for the last couple of weeks, tracking down and getting interviews with the Oilers brass, with the Oilers players. And one of the newest members, in fact, the newest member, of the Oilers brass is the director of amateur scouting. That is Rick Pracy, who takes over from Tyler Wright. He's 52 years old with two decades of scouting experience. Pracy has most recently served as an amateur scout with the Philadelphia Flyers since 2014. But prior to that, he spent 13 years with the Colorado Avalanche, including a six-year run as a director of amateur scouting there. So again, I say a lot of experience for Pracy. Let's find out exactly what it all means to him in coming to Edmonton as he sat down with Bob Stoffer. As our headline brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Sorry, Kellen, I did the all head fake there. He is our headliner, though, uh, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. That's called the double clutch. Let's hear what they had to say. Rick, welcome uh, to Edmonton and Oilers Now. Thank you for joining us. And uh, now that you've had uh, some time to, to look at the prospects and maybe get acquainted with uh, the Oilers, uh, some of the Oilers players in the uh, Penticton Young Stars tournament, we'll get to that in a second. But first, I just want to talk a bit about your journey on the way. Uh, just a thought initially on, uh, on, on getting the call and the opportunity to come to the Edmonton Oilers organization as director of amateur scouting. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. And 
it's an exciting time. Like, I wasn't something that I was looking for or planning on. Certainly the timing was a little bit different later in August, mid-August. But uh, when opportunities like this arise, you certainly take a step back and you look at the big picture. This was, it isn't lost on me that the opportunity is here. And after speaking with Jeff and other people in the organization, it felt like a good fit. I know the, the health of the big club is really exciting. Um, you know, having stars in the organization, having uh, you know a group of players that look like they're really on the threshold of doing something special was something that I didn't want to pass up. Uh, tell us how you got started in hockey, uh, where you played along the way. Started in hockey, uh, Brantford, Ontario. Um, so that was kind of what you did in that area. You know, obviously the Oilers were pretty prominent. Uh, goes without saying with Wayne but uh, it was a way of life uh, so I was kind of just a guy that kept at it probably an overachiever to some degree undersized goaltender uh, worked my way up through the minor hockey system in Brantford uh, into junior hockey bounced around a little bit one of those guys that probably maybe good enough to stay not quite good enough to play at times uh, could get to certain levels uh, could compete to make teams type of thing but uh, always a threshold under in terms of being a difference maker so undrafted uh, you know bounced out of the Ontario Hockey League uh, finished up playing some tier two and went on to some exciting times at Canadian University which was a, a good fit for me uh, good fit for my level of play uh, good fit personally and then was able to do some undergrad work at Wilfrid Laurier a uh, psychology degree, a physical, excuse me, physical education degree, and then went on and did after grad work at uh, University of Windsor. Played there for a year, uh, doing an education degree. We're joined right now by Rick Pracy, who's the director of amateur scouting for the Edmonton Oilers. Bob Stauffer with you on Oilers now. Uh, so, when did you start getting involved in scouting? Interesting story. Uh, after uh, university, was bouncing around some of the minor pro, low, sort of United Hockey League uh, level. Uh, then I got an odd call to almost become a black ace with the San Jose Sharks organization. Uh, they had Mike uh, Vernon and Kelly Rudy with the big team. And then their goaltenders uh, in the American Hockey were actually Kiprasov and Nabokov. So they almost, I don't know if you call it like, a, like an e-bug nowadays right. or kind of similar to that. Uh, so playing, you know, minor, minor pro, they, they almost needed a body. So it was an odd situation. I joined them for a, a playoff run. Uh, it was exciting. It was one of those hard to describe moments. Uh, so I had an exit meeting that, when the season was over. Dean Lombardi was the general manager. Doug Wilson was in player personnel and development. Wayne Thomas, Terrell Sutter was the head coach. Uh, and in the meeting, it was, uh, you know, they kind of, they appreciated what I had done and they kind of maybe said, you know, we can set you up in Fresno in the East Coast League, it added some depth and, right. you know, allow uh, Kiprasov and Nabokov to develop and, you know, determine what they do up top. So I politely kind of declined and said I'd, much rather work towards getting uh, a job in sports. Uh, I had some education background, had some, you know, some degree of playing background. And Dean was excellent, Doug was excellent, and, you know, the first question is, well, what do you want to do? And as a young guy sitting there not really knowing, uh, so I got into coaching uh, in with Windsor in the OHL, 
real fortunate. Uh, Mike Kelly was the general manager who had worked for an NHL club. Tom Webster was the head coach. So I couldn't have been in a, a better development in terms of trying to understand and gain experience in the game. And then once I kind of figured that part out, uh, San Jose reached out and I was able to uh, use them to sort of make some inroads and create some networks, and that's how it got started. Part-time uh, Minnesota, they had a franchise but without a team. Joined them from some sort of uh, specialty work or assignment work for the uh, expansion draft, doing some goaltenders. Part-time the first year of the organization in 2000. Colorado wins a cup in 2001. A couple older scouts retire. I interview, got on full-time. Rick Crazy joins us right now. Now, you were a head scout for six years for Colorado, and uh, you had an unbelievable 2009 draft. Ended up getting uh, uh, Matt Duchesne third. Uh, I think O'Reilly went 33rd that year, and Tyson Berry went 64th. That was the draft in Montreal. Um, it's a tough draft for Edmonton, as I recall. But uh, just uh, one of the things that I, I noticed when sort of the news got out that you were uh, coming aboard is I took a look at a lot of your pick. There seemed to be... And, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but was there a philosophical approach to focus on skill? You weren't as worried about size. Sure, if you had two equally skilled players, you might go with the bigger guy, but I always got the sense that during the time that you ran the draft for Colorado, there was a lot of emphasis on skill. Absolutely. I mean, that I always think that's pretty evident. Uh, at the same time, it was probably more of the hockey sense okay. that was driving the, the decisions. Uh, we were real fortunate that year. It's one thing to have picks. It's another thing to have high picks in each round. And then also with some of those decisions, like at that time with our organization, we, we needed, you know, it wasn't we were trying to hit on specific needs or we weren't trying to get too finite in making things fit. So we went back to back, you know, at the time, sub six foot forwards, centermen, which you don't see that too often. And then Steph Elliott was actually selected before Tyson, but two offensive-minded defensemen, so two back-to-back -back centers at the time, you know, 5'11"-ish, and two back-to-back -back, uh, sort of offensive-minded defensemen, or at least skewed defense or offensively. So Greg Sherman deserves a lot of credit in allowing the scouting staff to almost follow the list. We needed a lot of help in a lot of different areas. And there was a lot of factors that were, you know, going our way. A lot of luck, a lot of fortune. But uh, Greg was great, just allowing us to do what we do. You know, let's get assets, let's get players. And one of those things that, uh, you know, we were a little bit subject to the recency bias. We made some mistakes trying to replicate it in the future. But it was, we didn't know, like, you felt really good about it. But you don't know. I mean, you're always yeah. optimistic right after uh, but that training camp uh, that following September when both kids it's probably a discussion for another day, 18 year olds in the National they League made but the team. they made the team So, and then uh, Steph and, uh, and Tyson they were in packs at 18 so we knew this had a chance to you know, three kids that are going to get 1,000 games and 
Yeah. Pretty proud of it. We're joined right now uh, by Rick Price. He's the head amateur scout for the Edmonton Oilers. Three things. I know that one of the analytics guys reached out to me and Steph Elliott and said the Oilers needed to trade for him, so I forwarded the email that he'd sent <laughs> saying that this, the numbers would suggest that he was going to be able to be a competent second-pairing defenseman. Never fully realized that potential, but he could certainly move the puck in the WHL. Greg Sherman came from baseball. They didn't. He didn't. He was not a former player, but he had a very, obviously a very analytical uh, mind. And uh, he, as I recall, you hit on your first pick in 2013. I remember that year, uh, Adrian Dater was uh, writing for the paper in, in Denver, and the focus was on Seth Jones because, of course, he was born and uh, you know his dad Popeye played. Um, well known. Uh, but McKinnon dominated the Memorial Cup that year. And I mean, that must have been a tough call for you because there probably was some pressure to, to look at Seth and that. He ended up dropping all the way to four in that draft. It, it, those decisions at the top of the board, uh, and often in hindsight, they, you know, they look a lot simpler than, than they are. Um, Nathan was terrific in terms of driving plays and his competitive level and his uh, speed and his, just the overall drive that he brought was exciting. But the, you know, Seth was a six foot four defenseman that could cover ice. He was an excellent skater. Or at the time, not to talk about another team's player, but there were some questions. You know, is it high end offense? He was a very, very good player. Right. Uh, so we had interest there for sure. And then Sasha Barkov was another player as a six foot three centerman that. Uh, you know, was diligent on both sides of the puck. And so it wasn't as... We clearly had targeted uh, Nathan, and he was in the mix uh, the whole time and perhaps even the front runner without getting too deep into it. But you had to have those discussions. It's important to have those discussions, and there were options. Like, there was probably three potential candidates at one. So as much as Nathan has uh, done anything and more that we had expected him to do in Colorado, and he won a cup and has been a leader there. So it's been a, it was a terrific fit. Uh, but you had to do the, the process of it. And it's, uh, it's a lot of heavy lifting, and it's a lot of diligence. And making those decisions are a lot more difficult than, than maybe they seem. Rick Tracy joining us right now in Oilers Now. Uh, all right, Rick, yeah, you've, you've been here. Uh, you've spent several years in Philly. Now you're with the Edmonton Oilers. We've talked a little about, obviously, hockey sense is important for you. You've had a chance to watch the prospects for a couple days. Anybody catch your eye? It's certainly Bo Aiki. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I realize he was the top pick of the club uh, a year ago, but uh, I think he's made a statement. Uh, it, it's only two games in, and I certainly don't want to overhype or put pressure uh, I've just been impressed with the way he's handled himself. Uh, his skating was expected to pop, and that has been, you know, he's on both sides of the puck, layering the attack, you know, defending the rush, closing gaps. So the feet were there, you know, been evident. Uh, but his poise with the puck, his confidence, uh, you know, the look like he wants to make a difference out there, I think has been real, real encouraging, and I think it's exciting for the for the organization. All right, uh, one final one for you, and uh, it's... You know, the focus is the amateur draft, but the reality of the situation is the Edmonton Oilers are in a position where they're going for it, and draft capital is going to end up in play as a result, which means you might have fewer draft picks. How? I don't know if traditionally the amateur scouts are the guys that are looking at the undrafted 20-year-olds or maybe the 20-year-olds that don't sign with other clubs, but you are going to need to backfill the lineup a bit in the future uh, and take some swings on some guys as well. That's part of the job, isn't it? Player acquisition, there's, you know, different ways to, to bring... You have to 
have a strong reserve list. You have to have your internal competition. You need to be having kids push their way up into the lineup to make decisions. And, you know, it's a, it's a way of acquiring players. So free agency will be a, a big part of it. Uh, there's always a market in the CHL. There's always a, a market in Europe. There's always a market in the, the NCAA. So part of the, the amateur scouts profile is to identify those players, you know, monitor them. Then there'll be a process of you know how names get forwarded. There'll be some talks uh, and some internal discussions organizationally in terms of guys recommending to, to be signed if, if players uh, get to that stage. And then hopefully, you know, we'll have contracts uh, to make something happen if a player becomes a signing recommendation. But that's part of the profile. That's part of the amateur scouting. Uh, we have guys uh, all over the world. And, you know, whether they're watching top-end prospects in European leagues or they're watching top-end prospects in college, you're always, uh, you know, seeing players that are available. And then certainly there's a marketplace in the CHL as well. So our guys are active. It'll be part of the job description. And they'll be aggressive trying to, you know, find players that might have a chance to help us. Rick, great stuff. Thank you for joining us on Orders Now. Appreciate it. Uh, real excited. Uh, it's a great time for the organization. Rick Precy there, the Director of Amateur Scouting for the Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Oilers Now with Brendan Escott tonight, a couple days away from main camp. We watched the rookie showcase come to an end earlier this afternoon, a 5-2 defeat at the hands of the Canucks rookies in the first regulation defeat in the last 18 games. Yes, 18 games at the Young Stars Classic. Edmonton's young team has been dominant but Edmonton's main team hadn't been. And now you look at the NHL standings and things have reversed a little bit. So you're looking at the main team try and and eclipse the mountaintop. And we're seeing the likes of Bo Akey, Matvey Petrov, Carter Savoy, and some others trying to form the next wave of Edmonton Oilers. We'll talk more about that after a quick break here on Oilers Now. So Brendan Escott tonight... I am demanding to see the contents of your camera roll. 780-496-0063. The Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted. With Ashley Fine Floors, they don't care uh, about anything to do with your cell phone. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Of course, tug-in-cheek, I referenced the Mike Babcock saga, which has now come to an end. I've had a couple of friends ask me if I think this is it for him as a coach. North America, I do. What is it they say? You better learn to speak Russian, buddy. There's wearing out your welcome. You had four years to figure out how to be a better person. And and I don't say this without having them concluded the investigation, by the way. I wouldn't have jumped to this conclusion. But the investigation was concluded. Better learn to speak Russian. Some guests of Oilers now receive gift cards to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurant. Book your celebration for the census at jvedmonton.ca. I don't even know if the KHL would have a coaching job for, for Mike Babcock at this point, but they pay well, is my understanding. And Mike Keenan caught on over there, at least for a short amount of time. Hey, the show is called Oilers Now, and we do live in oil country. But Brent Ridge Ford is, is proud to be associated with the show, also knowing that there's a market for some electric vehicles, too. The boys at Brent Ridge Ford with a brand-new 2022 Mustang Mach-E GT Premium. Okay, did you get all that? I'll read it 
by you again. It's a 2022, but it's a brand new Mustang Mach-E GT Premium, originally listed for $93,330. But with Ford rebates and a large Brent Ridge discount, this SUV is now available for $73,000. Yeah, just a little over that, plus GST. Uh, if you're considering a new electric vehicle, you want a bargain, call Uncle Bilch, Rich, Johnny, the gang at Brent Ridge Ford, 780-352-6048. And remember, the cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Okay, we will have uh, a little bit of open line time, but we're also going to hear... Uh, some feedback, not only from Carter Savoy, who had one of the two Oilers goals at that final rookie showcase game today, but also from the head coach who was uh, manning the operation for the weekend, that being AHL's uh, Bakersfield head coach, uh, Colin Chalk. We'll get to that after Thomas Dias brings you the global news headlines.